Yeah, I was basically made jobless for about a good two months. Sorry to hear that, man. Um, but that's when God put in me, like, I had to rely on him. Mm. Um, just how we are, we know that the birds get their sustenance and their food every single day. Yes. So they don't go out with their expectation in a way. And, and it's given to them. Um, and that's where I pushed out my freelance game, like animation. Welcome back to another episode of Ambitious Odyssey. And look at the views. That's all I have to say. I'm joined by an extremely, extremely valuable friend. Someone I consider our mentor. I'm just going to let my man introduce himself. What do you have to say? What's going on? Thanks for having me, a fuck. Um, this is my first uh, show, podcast that I've been on uh, to actually talk about myself and my journey. Mm. And it's really an honor to be here. Um, I'm Faisal, uh, also known as Faisal the Artist. Uh, been in the public game for over nine years, since uh, 2012. And uh, yeah, I, I could say I've been a creative since day one, since uh, I was practically born. Um, and uh, my mum's intuitive nature, she was very visual with me when I was a child. So mm. all these drawing things, making me learn the alphabet and numbers in a very visual way. So I think she kind of knew inside <laughs> who, who I am really. That you are one day gonna be who you are now. Yeah, in a, in in a way. But obviously, as you grow up, you've got to challenge all these things in the world yeah. and learn where where your grounding is, really. Absolutely. But that creativity was there right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really the sports guy. I, w I wasn't really the gamer, the typical lad. Um, and it was just um, one of them things, really, where I just really liked exploring, exploring the world around me whether it was nature outside, whether it was um, building models of like, for example, the Titanic. Mm. I had a sort of a, a 3D model that I used to make and stuff when I was younger. Really? Lego and all that sort of stuff. I was really sort of fascinated with that, even like school projects and stuff. I was always sort of on one creatively. Yeah. That's how the journey started, just yeah. throughout your studies and yeah. through, you said your the intuitive nature of your mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess she had that belief. And my whole family background, I come from a family background of uh, blacksmiths and builders, um, which means we're sort of very hands-on in our nature. We weren't from a very academic background. Um, lower class from Pakistan, from the railways, building them up to now here in the UK. Love that. Love so, a bit of history, man. So that's where I am today. I'm still a hands-on guy. Absolutely. And that's really how we met because... Um, me and you were doing this program called Muslimic Makers, which started last September. Shasta Arfa. I don't know if you'll get a chance to watch this. I'm busy. <laughs> but that's how we met. And I was just super fascinated by the way you create art because you touch on so many different aspects, which I'm interested in. Um, and the first time we met in person was at the Palestine protest. And you're very active when it comes to talking about issues that are close to you. And Palestine was one of them. So it's an, it's an honor to come and just sit with you, get your thoughts on a few things and just, just talk to you, man. Just get some of some of the wisdom that you've acquired over the years. So, yeah, let's without further ado, let's go and get it. 
we're sitting on top of your roof right now as you can see the weather's kind of crazy right now but i wanted to talk about a bit about your journey you said you said that you really started you know finding yourself when you were doing your a levels and gcse's yeah and you and you experimented with different forms of art yeah what did you were you always like very curious or yeah no i think i was always very curious yeah. um just about everything uh, about the world and stuff and it was only when i sort of got to about 14 15 years old when uh, i started to question like things like poverty war um my faith religion and the whole whole world really in a way because i couldn't really understand why like things existed and um mm. why, why there was oppression going on and palestine was the first topic really which like which really made me question everything why does it exist mm-hmm. why does this evil exist so that's when i, I was listening i found out about low key and immortal technique and stuff so yeah. them rappers which were completely different to the <laughs> normal rappers you could say in the yeah. industry um so a lot of that was through my revolution and i experimented with um poetry fine well fine art um drama acting acting so, as well yeah yeah so i i done the whole lot with my gcse's uh within that um very creative man and yeah i, I like sociology mm-hmm. um i done drama art and um geography mm-hmm. so the the them areas were key for me to understanding the world and um is is really a lot more to the surface it's more about our existence really absolutely um and and with the journey that we could share across really as humans we're not really just here to eat Existing. and sleep yeah <laughs> a lot of people have that exact mindset of just existing right yeah. they don't want to thrive they just want to live you know and not take up too much space in the world the thing i like about you is you're really trying to have an impact on not just the people that you know but trying to reach the wider community which is why i wanted to get get you on here man yeah and when we're talking about your journey some of the artists that you've listed that have inspired you you've included banksy muhammad ali Claude Monet, Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a variety. Yeah, what's yeah. What's yeah. like what's so, like the common denominator that's fascinating so, about So so f- for my GCSEs, that's where I sort of found out about Banksy mm. and uh, Muhammad Ali or mm. also known as uh, Arsal Ali from yes. uh, Birmingham. And they were very active on the scene so using their art to um challenge the narrative and everything that's going on. Um and that's where i found out about them but then in terms of my landscape uh, art and paintings and stuff that's where claudio monet came in and van gogh in that way they came in yeah because um i, I like to sort of draw nature being be at one with nature and stuff and your landscapes are really good man <laughs> yeah thanks like that's what i'm essentially known as before all the experimenting <laughs> began so yeah it's it's really interesting you know, that landscape way. painting yeah yeah that's um, crazy also you uh, i wanted to ask you about you've been in, on this journey for a very long time a lot of people might think that you've just started but you've been doing this for almost a decade yeah that's crazy <laughs> what's kept you going for so long well to be honest it was the momentum was that it was already there that I was a creative but mm. it was also the the imp- the legacy really and, and and the impact that I really want to leave behind because mm. obviously when they're coming from a a a muslim pakistani 
uh, working class background, yeah. creativity is not really the option. Absolutely. Because when we come here, as a, when our parents came here to the UK and stuff, it was all about survival. So, yes. but yeah, that would only push you towards becoming an accountant, a doctor, or a dentist, or something like that. And realistically, I even pushed myself to get work experience for two years in accountancy. I tried to do it. I, I couldn't get the maths together. I couldn't do that. It wasn't, it wasn't in me. So I wanted to challenge the norms because growing up, there, there's, even until now, there's no certainty in the creative field. There's no certainty of income. There's no certainty of future and stuff. And realistically, I've known it for me. Art has always been therapy for me. It's, it's always been there for me. And I know the impact it can have for other people. Um, the same impact as it's had on me and it has that value but obviously this society is only pushing towards a very uh, stereotypical um, way of living mm. and the creative side has always been uh, with us you look yeah. at the ancient cavemen they were drawing hieroglyphs or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. in the caves they yeah. were drawing then yeah there wasn't no abc back then yeah <laughs> straight images they came up with their own so image. you yeah that's how you decode messages so art is very symbolic and that well, that's what it is for me really and for me to keep it going i wanted to establish a model where I didn't go through the typical narrative of doing a creative degree. I didn't do uh, that. I got a, I got a D in my A-level, art and design. I got B in my GCSEs, but Crazy. the A-level was the shocker for me. But then I knew that it was beyond the results for me because it was a part of me. So that's what I continue going. And I want to show in the future, like, inshallah, that all the, all the skills that I've learned, that you don't have to have a degree for it. Mm. You could go through the d different way. And in the end of the day, that no matter what you're facing, that if, you, if your family's not for it, and if you didn't do that degree, and you're still exploring and learning yourself, that there's a way forward. And I, I really want to help that get across in you our communities. Even seeing you and the work that you create, I think you're definitely having an impact in terms of inspiring people to pursue their passions. Even me, like I look at you, I'm like, yeah, what I'm doing with this podcast is because like I see people like you really pushing your work out there and creating. And I think for us to have these conversations and for us to carry on doing what we're doing, I think it will lead to kids not being kind of pushed into these typical career paths that our parents want to push us down. Yeah. My parents, alhamdulillah, were very flexible with me and my and my um, siblings you know they wanted us to be successful they wanted us to be yeah yeah definitely know, doctors man. lawyers yeah, yeah, etc yeah. but at the end of the day it wasn't you know you either be this or yeah or, yeah definitely. my mom was very flexible with me and That's blessed, through her love and guidance i've been just able to explore different avenues i've been uh, interested in i think we need more people more parents like that and you know i can see from from your parents as well they've been able to yeah kind of they've been supportive well. yeah like to be honest they were in a blur for quite a few years <laughs> and even until now it's remained a side hustle along my main job mm. Um, and that's what I really wanted to do to establish myself because um, that back then I wanted to be an artist but there was no system behind it. Yeah. So me, I wanted to create my own ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I learned, I've, I've been working in marketing, I've been working in all these uh, industries, yeah. even like photography and stuff like that. I was just learning these sort of basic things, editing and even animation and stuff like that. I wanted to learn it all by myself mm -hmm. because I had this feeling where I didn't like to rely on people. I didn't, yeah. I like to learn things myself. Like 
So I become a self-sufficient machine in the end of the day. And so that's what kept my momentum going because I, I, I wanted to be that person who's uh, in, in, in charge of myself. And I don't want to leave it to any system to be in charge of me, whether I have friends or colleagues or staff who are there with me or whether I'm by myself. I, I, I want to do that for myself Amazing. to know what I'm capable of because then I know I could pass that message on in the future. Yeah. I know I could share it across. Yeah. That's but, very entrepreneurial, man. <laughs> Being very self-sufficient and relying on yourself, not on yeah, everyone else. It's not an easy journey, entrepreneurship in, in itself. You're an entrepreneur on your own right, bro. You're I, I, an artist. I, I sold my, I remember my, my, my first painting. Yeah. I, I sold it at a charity stall in 2012. And that's when the war in Syria began. Yeah. And that's when I decided to actually take my work out there. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I thought, look, let's see how the public reacts. And that's where like... It was pretty shocking for me. I, I thought, look, let's say if one person buys a painting of me by the end of the day, I'll be happy. And that's where it began for me. When the first person bought it, then I realized, actually, somebody believes in my work. One person like believes one. in it. That's it. Inshallah, there's going to be more people that believe in my work. And if I could do it in the right way, I'd be able to spread, them, spread the message across and stuff. So that's, that's, that's where it sort of began that momentum. That's crazy, man. You're values are built on a sound system so you're gonna you know you're not swayed by the metrics you're not swayed by the fame you're swayed by fundamental like values that are gonna yeah. stick forever which i which i respect yeah. so much man and that's why i think a lot of people give up so early because their values are not strong enough yeah they're, they're focusing too much on what people say what people you know like how many times they share your post but i think what you've given is a great example of you know you're really not just focusing on that you're focusing on that impact which you're going to have through just being consistent yeah consistency is important in, in anything and Absolutely. that's like um even with me i only started exercising like from 2015 so and that's what really showed me actually even consistency is really important and that your mind is stronger than your body because mm. um i was a fearful fearful guy of sports <laughs> i'm not a sporty guy and I still dislike it until now because <laughs> I have to push myself. But it, it's the slow results which add up. The slow results uh, add up. Uh, uh, the, the, the small actions um, and, and the persistence, um, no matter what cost, yeah. um, in, in a way, whether your family are for, you, for it or against it, if you truly want something, you got to go and get it. And, and, and that's what I believe. And I've always had that vision in myself in the future that... Um, whether i have funding or i don't have funding because back in 2010 when i done my first graffiti piece in the community mm. my, my youth worker's position was um my youth worker's job was cut and that's when i realized that i don't want to be realize uh, um i don't want to be relying on uh finances from the government or not mm. you want to do it on your your own way yeah exactly like frank sinatra said you done it your way yeah on my way he said it my way but you don't my way or the highway i also wanted to talk about you mentioned earlier that you i don't did you mention earlier that you moved to london just at the start of the pandemic yeah so i, I moved to london well moved back to london a week before the pandemic began before and uh little did i know that my job and my life would be affected in that way um and uh yeah, I was basically made jobless for about a good two months. Sorry to hear that, man. Um, 
but that's when God put in me like I had to rely on him mm -hmm. um, just how we are we know that the birds get their sustenance and their food every single day yes so they don't go out with the expectation in a way and, and it's given to them um, and that's where I pushed out my freelance game like animation design um, and branding and stuff like that's the stuff that I've been learning the last few years and I thought look let me see how it gets approached and alhamdulillah I, a few people believe in me um, and approach me and stuff and I, I managed to work on a few uh, projects so uh, one of the things was um, branding for podcasts quite a few people set up their own podcasts so yeah, I, love I, uh, I, I managed to participate in that and a uh, few logo designs as well for companies mm. but it was interesting actually pushing my own boundaries and learning at the same time and yeah thankfully I, I, I'm still here and now in a job full time as well, so everything worked out. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. given me so much hope, man. Because as someone that's just graduating, and the job market doesn't look incredible at the moment, like you said, bro, with the birds, they don't worry. They go, they don't go out worry about their sustenance. You know, Allah has already written what's there for us. So, just having that faith and mindset that you know, wherever you do, Allah, Allah has your back. You're just relying yeah. on Him only such yeah. important and such such a key to just carrying on and you know staying yeah. focused on what you have to do man that 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 story really inspires me bro honestly man no i, pre I appreciate it <laughs> i didn't really expect to go through it myself but <laughs> just hit it, it's one of them things in it life life hits you. just yeah hits you what did mike tyson say uh he says that everything's all good until you get punched, punched in, the, in face. the face and that's exactly what happened yeah i literally got punched in the face <laughs> crazy man. yeah no bless man alhamdulillah it's wicked I had, a, I had a few questions for you, bro. Um, first, before I ask those questions, Owen, you're obviously selling your art um, for crypto. Yeah. What's your thoughts on NFTs? NFTs. Wow. You really put it on me, eh? Hey. Um, to be honest, yeah, I believe it's a medium of exchange. And um, the art game uh, with artists, really, it's, it's more of collections, more about collections. And it's like to do with copywriting as well and uh, a bit of shared ownership and that's what i really believe in like when a person purchases your art piece or your nft mm -hmm. their own ha have a bit of ownership in it but essentially the art art is your own you you're the creator you're behind the creator. it so that's my thing and over the years i've, I've been very rebellious against all these movements about any everything Bitcoin and i thought yeah i didn't even really know much about it but then i thought when i started to look into it and i thought okay actually what does it stand for and stuff i thought look if the world's moving towards that way me as a rebel i've rejected everything from before so let me just put my feet in the puddle and let me see what it is, what it is. and uh, alhamdulillah i'm still at the beginning of it two people have uh, well two pieces have been bought Mashallah. and people have supported me and uh, I'm in a network of uh, rising uh, creatives and uh, and Muslims specifically that are, are, are collaborating together. Um, Amazing. So we're sort of developing that relationship uh, in a way. So it's it's a market and a place to explore, really. Do you think it's here to stay, or do you think it's a fad like everyone? Well, to be honest, I think the way the world is moving in terms of technology, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's here to stay in a way, but um, it's oh something to be in, uh, looked into to look in a way into. because the internet in the year two thousand, the millennial years, people thought it as a weird thing. People yeah. thought mobile phones and TVs and 
things like that were a weird thing. Yeah. But now we're in a pandemic and we've been isolated from things, but what has kept us going? Like mm-hmm. mobile phones helped us keep connected. Mm-hmm. Um the internet, Zoom, Teams. Yeah, so like it's is interesting and it's probably here to stay. But God knows really. Support support Faisal man. He has some incredible work so purchase those NFTs. I'm going to have to purchase the next one. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> how much how much did you sell your last one for? I can't even remember. <laughs> was it you selling them in Ethereum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this one guy, bro. His name is Walid and he does like he uses Blender. I don't know if you know Blender. I've heard of Blender, yeah, 3D yeah, it's stuff. Yeah, like 3D art and he's he's selling his stuff for crazy stuff like I think he sold one for like 5 Ethereum. Wow, I don't know. That's I'm, nuts. I, I don't know if it was 5 or He's selling. He's but selling it's out. it's all about the value, the perceived value. Absolutely. That's and like you that. said, bro, it's about the people that support you. He has good people supporting him, and he has a good network as well. And I think it's only time until you start to blow up and you're selling stuff for like twenty million. <laughs> I wish. Inshallah, one day. Inshallah, one day. I wanted to ask you. You know, you've been on this journey for such a long time. Do you think worth uh, work ethic beats talent? Yeah, 100%. Talk about that. How how do you think it does? So, a person can be blessed with talent. Yeah. But they can be uh, a fool in a way. Mm. Like, they just think that they've got talent and they could just smash it out. But in the end of the day, talent does need updating. And a person with talent does need to progress himself. And work ethic will push it along, a long way. Mm-hmm. And that's... I fully believe that's essential for a person to grow and get out of the comfort zone because your talent will only be properly explored if you if you work on it I agree man I agree 100% I think one of the things about me ever since a kid I've never been the smartest I've never been the most you know I would say quickest on my feet but one thing that has always helped me in any direction I've been in is my work ethic. I always try to be the hardest work. I know The Rock says be the hardest work in the room. And I really take that to heart. Even when I was a kid playing football, man, I used to get bullied when I first came to the UK. One of the th- one of the ways I kind of integrated into society was by like working so hard at football that, that people were like, oh man, that's that's Afak. Like he's really good at football. Let's get him on the team. And that's how I started to get like popular and people used to kind of respect me more. So I've always been the guy that works that believes that work ethic is ultimately the thing which separates you when talent is all that you have hmm. so I'll, let's let's go on to the next question let's just say what's kept you motivated during this uncertain period you've you know survived essentially you know one of the hardest periods of your life hmm. what's kept you going man <laughs> to be honest has been my faith really uh Mashallah. and and knowing that i need to need to survive in order to move forward so I make use of this time really um, because you never know that when will you ever get a time to actually focus on yourself, improving yourself and your grind, especially when the whole world is sort of shut down. So we, we've now got that time in our hands to actually make things happen because you never know when you'll get it back. Yeah. When life kicks in and responsibilities and the whole thing kicks in, mm-hmm. that's it. You never know how uh, much time you'll have left. I agree, man. Also, I also wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. You've talked about this a few times. I've, I've, you know, dealt with imposter syndrome so many times, man. You know, coming from where I come from and going to university and 
thinking like do i really belong here like a lot of these people come from you know better backgrounds in terms of financial security and mm. just you know better education do i really belong here even when it came to football a lot of the people i thought were better than me mm. in just every aspect of life man not just education football but also in in the grad grad job market i've always you know dealt with um, imposter syndrome and i wanted to get your opinion on if you've dealt with it and how have you dealt with it <laughs> yeah well of of always had that feeling i guess um i had it in a way um when i was at uni um like when, when i left uni i didn't go through that typical artistic or creative route mm. so i thought actually what is my worth when i've had no experience in that mm. um but then i thought look um the people that i've worked with the people that i've been exposed to they've believed in my work so that shows in a way that i do belong in the room and why should i have to isolate myself based on my fears based on the projections of other people mm. and only through my experience of being uncomfortable and pushing myself into them rough areas that showed you that well that showed me what limits i can push myself against so if i can achieve that far that shows that i've gone to that creative extent and that shows me what i'm worth really i didn't go through the typical way but i've still got there and probably even better because i've had to go through the diff- difficult way in a way mm-hmm. so that's where my imposter syndrome got defeated <laughs> in a way yeah. i even still now that doubt still does creep in at times so then i have to remind myself actually look i've got here people have believed in me i've believed in myself beyond <laughs> anybody else and and having faith that's that's the essential part like if in my status i believe is isn't with this world really yeah and and, and so that's what i'm really here for we're not here for a long time <laughs> so we've got to leave our right. impact yeah and be accountable to ourselves so imposter syndrome i, I believe it's a jumble of nervousness um overthinking. overthinking insecurities traumas and stuff from life and stuff like that people bullying in school and saying you're not worth it whatever blah yeah. blah blah I've, I've faced all of that all so of that. all of these sort of things do sit in the back of the mind but it's it's about fighting it and knowing your worth yeah. and that slowly takes a lot of building what you surround yourself by what you read what information you take in the people that you're with uh associate yourself with mm-hmm. and that's where networking comes in if if you're going to stay with the same five people uh that you were with since school then you aren't going to grow absolutely and and so i agree with that man the imposter syndrome is okay yeah people have come from well off backgrounds come from rich places whatever blah 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 but like it's um it's about you in the end of the day you're not accountable for other people yes so that's what really matters i agree man to just uh distill it even more your faith the belief others have in you how far you've come just believing in yourself to an incredibly high standard these are the things that have kept you you know on on this path and kind of helped you combat it um imposter syndrome so finally 
I wanted to talk about a topic which I'm incredibly passionate about. I've talked about before with a couple of my friends, but I think you will have a unique perspective on it as well. I wanted to talk about ADHD. Um, you know, you said that you recently been diagnosed with the ADHD, and I just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on mental health period and just about your journey so far. <laughs> so it's it's my first time talking about it. I I, I wouldn't say um, officially diagnosed of yet, but um, it's in the process. Mm. Uh, I've gone through a few tests and a few things, and it's basically on its way. But um, yeah, it's it's been undiagnosed my entire life, um, and it's basically when it is undiagnosed. Um, when you're growing up, when life kicks in, responsibilities and stuff kick in, it starts to affect your work, mm. affect your relationships, um, affect everything basically. Mm. Um, and like it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we've got diagnosed with that and dyslexia. <laughs> but um, so yeah, alhamdulillah, um, pulled through, and That's I'm so here bad. today, and battled it. Um, I'm one of the people that I talked to. Uh, one of the uh, specialist uh, she said to me she goes I'm surprised that you've got this far wow um, because normally when people find out they drop out of uni three weeks in no um, way. because they can't cope with it so I believe I've been a high uh, performer high well um, high achiever since growing up so it's been unnoticed because of that but um, it's been interesting to find that out uh, about myself um and it was only this year yeah it's only been this year since uh february since i'm finding that out so yeah yeah remember you telling me at the protest yeah i was like wow man yeah yeah, still pushed through it yeah it was a bit mad because uh it's it's only in a small percentage of the world population yeah 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 um and it's basically like how we originally are um as hunter gatherers the mindset Mm. survival of the yeah survival of the fittest so I guess it's it's in the DNA, um, in a way, and so I'm just figuring out, putting a few tools and mechanisms and ways of dealing with things in life, really, and just adapting myself, really. I just want to give you a clap for <laughs> coming this far, yeah, bro. Nah, you should I, be proud I appreciate of yourself, man. it. And um, what, like, do you think you know we, me, and uh, my friend Sugdeep, we done a podcast like two years ago talking about the stigma of mental health in the in the south asian community specifically do you still think with all the resources that we have and with all the coverage and the the focus on mental health do you think it's still a stigma in the community i still um think it's there but i believe it's decreasing in a way because there's a lot more awareness and stuff about it initially people just tell you oh this guy's pargal that's it yeah go pray Go and pray, go and deal with it. Go, go, and that's it. They'll be fine. Watch your face, do your thing. (laughs) Watch your face. But it's it's, it's a lot more deeper than that. Um, And a lot of the issues, mental health issues that are in our communities and in the above generations, because they've not been dealt with or seen or acknowledged and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's impacting the younger generation. But our generation is the one that can lead to change it. Absolutely, man. We're a lot more powerful than we think when it comes to just having an impact on the next generation what are some of the ways that you kind of take care of your mental health and keep in check in a sense well um trying to sort of establish a routine in my life so important um exercise um 
it's it's a thing for me trying to spend time outside. Yeah. Especially now as the weather's good. And um also trying to like maintain my faith and I know people find it difficult to talk about and stuff like that. We live in a secular world and stuff like that, but religion's a big part of me. Same. And I've we grow up going to mosques and stuff, but you only get to explore religion and see faith when you start to go through life when difficulties kick in and when you realize when nobody can be beside you mm. that's when you realize who you could actually rely on mm. and and what keeps me grounded is that knowing that okay some of the some people have been through the worst of things in their lives and it could have been our ancestors <laughs> walking through the snow and stuff like that yeah and they had to maintain it but they didn't even know what it was mm-hmm. mm-hmm. somebody lashing out somebody being angry this and that like it's is there but there's reasons why and now is the time like under there's a lot more education and stuff like that so it's it's time for us to get our heads screwed on yeah screwed on and i think in not just the south asian community but like in the culture of like this toxic masculinity if you want to call it that hmm. men really don't ask for help and one of the ways i've kind of kept myself in check is just by reaching out man reaching out to people talking to people like this having informal chats even speaking to my parents about sometimes hmm. like i'm not feeling 100% in it you know and they're super supportive and they just help me get over rut i think that's one thing that's really missing when it comes to progressing this conversation specifically when it comes to men's mental health is us not asking for help as much as we need to so i think the first step you need to take or all of us need to take is just making sure that we ask for help and really yeah. understand what's going on with us yeah and, and to be honest there's times in your life where like even with me of mm. of it was a few years ago where i was i found out i had depression and anxiety Sorry to hear that, um and in a way it's it's there for the rest of my life in a way but it's the way you're dealing with it yeah um and unfortunately there comes times where we won't know but we where we won't know that we're dealing with it mm. we just go through life and only after you've lost so much weight or got so messed up everything mm. and everything's going downhill then you realize actually wait I might need some help So yeah it's important to have some uh, somebody else other than also your family and your friends that you could talk to because they see things from other lenses and having a mentor and having uh being surrounded by positive positivity um that also helps you out a lot I agree 100% and thank you so much for doing this bro I really appreciate you coming on mm. just sharing yeah. your thoughts on a few things that we're both passionate about. I think there's a lot to take away from this episode and just you know, appreciate you taking the time out and sharing some of your wisdom with us. Where can the people find you and what type of projects do you have um, coming? So find me on my website um www.fazeltheartist.co.uk. Um on in, I'm on Instagram uh fazeltheartist, uh Twitter fazelbeasain. And yeah, you could basically find me out there. I'm even on TikTok. I'm not doing anything fancy hey, right now. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a part of the journey and I'm so glad to be sharing it with you Afark and you, everybody man. else. My pleasure, bro. Yeah, respect. Right. If you want people to take away one thing from this podcast, what would it be? Well, 
yeah um the biggest thing i would say is that your experiences do not define you and that yes. you can never live the same day twice because life is limited and it's what you make it you could take control over life even if it's making yourself better 1% every single day i agree man with that i'll end it there thank you so much for tuning into another episode please do hit that subscribe button if you're watching it on youtube do you know rate the podcast five stars if you're listening to apple podcast all that good stuff and let's just say we're just getting started thank you bro yeah thanks man peace out peace, peace.